Hi, everybody, and welcome one more time to El Camino People, the podcast. Today, of course, we're talking about the Camino Santiago, and we're talking about the great people and the great friends that you met while walking. And today we will meet a dear pilgrim that once he was in Pamplona, he decided to, why not? Let's call Jose and let's have some fun and let's discover Pamplona with a local. And let me introduce you to Kendall. How are you doing, Kendall? Thank you to be here today with us. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. You know, that's always my pleasure to invite people into Pamplona to go for pinchos and to enjoy the beautiful city that I'm the lucky one to live in and the lucky one that has plenty of pilgrims going by and not so many that I can join and keep walking to Santiago. So a blessing and also a nightmare that you see everybody going and you're still here. But it is what it is. <laughs> that's fair. No complaints. So anyway, you know, we always start, you know, with the one minute questionnaire. One minute a sheet of paper and the whole idea is to see how many questions you can answer. Are you ready? Ready. Let's go. Your first Camino. It's the Camino Frances. A city. My favorite city or just a city? Uh, Pamplona. <laughs> one meal. Sorry, what was that one? One meal. Uh, tortilla. One song. Ooh. I will survive. I don't know. <laughs> A stage of the Camino. Uh, Meseta. Happy moment. Christopher. One color. Red. A smell. Ooh. Flowers. Tantin or Camelback? Uh, camelback. Fisterra or Muxia? Fistere. Coffee with milk or solo? Milk. Omelette with onions or without onions? Without. Poof. Apple or Android? Uh, apple. A drink? Here. Uh, <laughs> really no onions? You're one of those? Yeah, not an onions gal. Okay. Uh, At least you say Pamplona, so then you're 50-50. Okay, you save it. <laughs> so anyway, first question, you know, I always wonder how people discovered the Camino Santiago. So you're from the States, you live in Dallas. Mm -hmm. How did you find out about the Camino Santiago? Uh, my mom, actually, um, I, we'll get to the, the background of it at some point, I'm sure. But um, she showed me the movie, The Way, um, okay. which is like, I know that's so clear. All, all us Americans, like, oh, we saw a movie and then we decided to go do <laughs> that, it. Um, that was what I was going to say. I'm like, that's American reason number one million. Yes, but The Way, check. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like you see a movie about ice skating. You're like, I'm going to be an ice skater. It was like kind of... Yeah, you know what I saw the other day? The Mighty Ducks. Like I saw the whole thing of the Mighty Ducks. I'm like, I saw this on your TV show. I'm like, yeah, let's watch the Mighty Ducks. And we go on the streets. And yes, I want to be a hockey player. I'm like, we even, you know, here in Pamplona, hockey doesn't even exist. Ace hockey deal like five years ago. But yeah, that's what happened. Exactly. Yeah. So you watched The Boy with your mom? My, yeah, both my parents. And when was that? When, you know? So that was... Um, Around this time last year, I guess, like fall, fall of last year, I think we watched it maybe October ish. So really, like, um, like, did, did you know anything about the Camino Santiago yeah, prior to that? Nothing. You know, I, I mean, I think I maybe did. I just didn't know that I did because you know, mm -hmm. as a Catholic, like, I know about all these pilgrimages and things that people never and the history of it and stuff. But I think I just never really connected the dots, maybe. In my head. And your mom, how did your mom know like about the movie? From something for church, something from a like a talk or I'm a not book? sure how she knew. She was just like, Oh, this is a feel good movie, we should watch it and and it took like, a life of its I, own. I, I, I watched it the other day and I'm like, right now, I'm like, it's like, this is quite old. I'm like, mm -hmm. in, you know, you see the quality of the of the movie and it's like, wow, this is not for key, four K. <laughs> no, but it's great. It was kind of it is a great movie indeed. Mm -hmm. I like it's one of the things that, but it's funny how, you know, about probably like 50, 60% of Americans, the thing that triggers the Camino is the movie The Way. Yeah. Yep. I believe that. Yeah. Sure. So then you watch the movie The Way and you think I'm like, eh, it's time to walk the Camino and like something that just stayed, you know, back in the top of your head. And how did the, the process go on from that moment? Yeah. So I guess like one of the reasons we watched it, um, like I, I same like around this time last year, you know, I, I thought I had my plan for, <laughs> for my life and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then series of events kind of unraveled that. And I felt very just like 
lost and confused and mm-hmm. and like it was a season of struggle for me for sure which i'm now actually very grateful for because it was i think it was the first time in my life i actually took a, a just took a beat honestly to be like mm-hmm. okay like what do i want out of my life like what are my priorities mm-hmm. and like who's the person i want to be what's the mark i want to leave on this world and um and all of that and and so i was like it, it sounds cheesy but like i was just trying to like find myself you know i was like i need to i need to get out of what i'm doing because what where i'm at and what i'm doing is not beneficial for my growth as a human my growth as a catholic my my growth as a member of society um so like what can i do about that and so we watched the movie and i was my mom again was just like let's watch a fun movie and at the end of the movie i'm like i'm gonna go do that and she's like Oh, oh, like, of course, me, like, taking it too Ooh. far. Uh, so that, <laughs> yeah. At least you didn't, I don't know, you didn't watch Apollo 13 or something like that. I'm like, I don't know where you will be right now. Yeah, funny enough, my, my grandfather uh, was the flight director for Apollo 13, so. What? Mm-hmm. Random, random this fact. That I'm like, and this was totally random. I didn't choose the, we didn't talk before the interview. We definitely it was totally didn't talk about that. Random. But, uh, I'm like, really? We'll have yeah. to go back to that one day with Bia yeah, when you we'll, come back we'll to We'll circle back to that, but anytime wow. you throw that fact out there, I... That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. He's my but friend. anyway, I'm like, that's so funny. You know, a lot of people say like, what happened if you have seen, you know, I don't know, the the mission. I'm like, mm-hmm. when you went into, you know, like just convert all the Africa or whatever. I'm like, no, but you watched the movie. I watched the movie. And I think in times like that where you're kind of, I don't, distressed isn't the right word, but just kind of like searching for something mm-hmm. different, something new, something healing, whatever it may be your mind's a lot more malleable at that point. So I think if I had watched that movie on like a random day and in a different time of my life, I would have been like, Oh, that's a nice movie. But I just felt like, like it was honestly like divine intervention when I watched it and just how it like left an impact on like my soul. And I, and like we watched it and I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a cool movie, whatever. And then I just couldn't stop thinking about it for like the next week. I was like, this is sticking with me so much more than anything else ever has. And I just, took that as a sign. So I guess we watched it October. I had my entire trip booked before Christmas. Wow. And that's, I like what you say, you know, sometimes you see something or something happens and you're like, ah, this, you know, just meh, something happened, whatever. You can be on top of your head for a little bit. But then when you, when you're Catholic or Christian or whatever, and you, you think something, you know, or when you believe just in the Camino and the way mother sometimes tell us different things. And that's what I always say. Sometimes the Camino appears in so many random ways that, mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, and it's right away, I hear other stories of people that suddenly 10 years, 15 years later, they're like, wow, that was the first time that I got in touch with the Camino Santiago. And it set up, you know, a series of events that lead into that day. So you watch the Camino, you say you were going to a rough time, but how I'm like, from the point you watch the movie to the point you're like, I'm booking the tickets, I'm mm-hmm. taking a whole time off, I'm going into this incredible journey. What happened in between? I think I ju- I really just took a lot of time to self reflect and and there, there's so many reasons not to and there's so many excuses not to um, but I was just like you know I can't just sit here and do nothing about the way I'm feeling and, and the circumstances I'm in and like this is fully in my power to change this and and like I everything happens for a reason and I, I do believe that God wanted me to see that movie at that exact time and I was like his you know, you ask for a sign and he screams it at you. It would be mm-hmm. dumb not to listen to it. Um, so I started immediate as the type A person I am. I did, I did all the research in the world um, that I possibly could. And I just kind of started getting my ducks in a row. And it feels like it happened overnight because I, but so I booked it in December, sorry, yes, December. And then I left end of April. But in that time period, I had to, quit my job, move out of my apartment, get someone to watch my dog. He just stayed with my parents. But, you know, like there was a lot of, it wasn't things, like, oh, I'm going yeah, go to go that you need to put all together before you left. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to just go to the beach. Like this was all in all, it was a 60 day thing, you know, where you're yeah. in a different, a different city every night. So there's a lot of moving pieces um, and getting all the gear and doing all the training and trying to brush up on my Spanish and like, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so it kept me really busy just to be, cause there's always more to read. There's always more to learn. Mm-hmm. There's always more yes. to listen to. Yeah. It's kind of addicting a little bit. I was like, I have to <laughs> every single thing. And I have all these just like insane um, spreadsheets <laughs> of like, wow. all the- I would love to see those expressions. Oh, one day. It's nuts of just of every single day. 
every single town I go through, everything I want to see in the, each town, like I, th- the number of hours I spent on that is, is embarrassing, but, um, it was, yeah, I, it was just great. I was like, I have to be, I'm going to go do this. It's going to be once in a lifetime. I want to be prepared all the things, which is, it's ironic. Cause it's a little bit counterintuitive of the point of the Camino, which is like to go and to be, I'm like, okay, it's, it's seven thirty-two. Where do we, do, you know? So I think it, it helped help me relax that impulse of mine to be like, I, I know, you know, and I know that feeling I've always been a planner. I've always been an Excel person at seats, at planning things, and things lead to success and lead things to objectives and all that kind of things. And when you came from a, you know, that kind of life that you've been put on that all the time, um, when people said go to the Camino without anything ready, I'm like, I can imagine. And, you know, many people that I interviewed, they're like, that there's no way I can go all the way to another country for more than a whole month without anything planning. I'm like, I will feel so insecure so stressed out that I'm not going to be able to do it. So a lot of people, when they start talking about the way of walking the Camino Santiago, I'm like, there's no one way because there's no one people. There's all these different situations. There's people that do it by themselves. There's people that sleep on a tent. There's people that go from hotel to hotel. And you don't know how people... So now this new trend that, you know, there is only one way of walking. And of course, I believe there is one way that is, you know, it can be better, can be better, but it's not the best. It's just there is so many different ways. So I like that, you know, some people and also the pleasure that you found probably, you know, preparing all of that and doing the research. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And then I also uh, I'm a type one diabetic. So I had like that kind of extra planning aspect of the making sure I have all my supplies and, and, you know, get for that long of a period. Cause I was like, that would be horrible if I get there and I have to, I can't finish because I can't get the, the medical supplies mm-hmm. that I need. Um, so that was just kind of an extra little hurdle. Uh, but I'm so thankful for like the technology that we have these days. Cause I feel like, you know, even five or six years ago, doing something like this would have been really difficult as a diabetic, but mm-hmm. now with all the medical technology we have, it, it was, I, I think I would have counted myself out. I've been like, oh, I can't do that. I, I have diabetes. Like, what do you mean? Um, so I'm very grateful that that had no hindrance on my ability to do this. So how was, you know, probably the planning and everything, people will get more easy. That you know, you get an Excel, you start researching, you start searching all these places up and down. There is a ton of information about what to do in Spain, about how to work in Santiago, but no, some, probably not so much information about traveling to Spain when you're a type A diabetic. So... What did you find out? What helped you, you know, for the people that can be listening to this podcast one day and, and I read interviewed two people, you know, that had this issue. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that is really tricky because in Spain, this, the whole situation for the is so different than what, you know, coming from another country. So how did you do the research? Why ended up or how did you plan the whole thing? Um, so from the diabetes aspect, I guess I, I've been, I was diagnosed when I was 13. So I think it's just so ingrained in my just like daily life and daily routine the hardest part was honestly like battling insurance to get because they usually will give or my circumstance they'll give you 30 days at a time and i'm like Mm -hmm. i need more than that so it was kind of just like front loading the supplies was the most important part and i had everything under the sun that i could need and backups and backups to my backups because i was like i'm not gonna let this be some kind of reason that i don't get to finish this so i and that's kind of my mindset about it in general is just like it's part it's like you wake up every day you brush your teeth i wake up every day i check my blood sugar it's just it's just part of life and and that's the mindset i have about it so i think it was the diabetes was kind of one of the least of my concerns because i felt so over prepared in that aspect i was uh-huh. like whatever happens i'm prepared for that so that was good um but I, in terms of the, the actual Camino, I used a company called Follow the Camino. Um, but I'm going to have you plan my next one. So, <laughs> Of course, we would love to. Because, you know, one of the things that surprised me the most is with medical things. You know, when I travel and I don't have any issues, but even sometimes, like, but with diabetes, how did you plan all your, because at the end, as you were saying, and also, you know, you were not only staying in Spain, then you went to Italy with your family. So you have to plan a super longer stay Probably yes. being from the States, I don't think, know if you can buy anything here at a pharmacy or you can go to a hospital. How does all that work? Because for me, being an Spaniard, it's such an unknown that I have people like you ask me, it's like, mm. how this is working in Spain? I'm like, I don't know, because I'm not diabetic. I can tell you other things. I can tell you where you can get a hearing device or whatever. But it's a big issue because right now, I think, you know, more people and more people, like we were saying, you know, they feel like this used to be five, 10 years ago impossible, but now 
finally it's possible for me to do something like this. Yeah, it's really it's really incredible. It's all controlled by my phone and my my glucose monitor, my insulin pump talk to each other directly like in the background. So it's it's a lot more seamless and a lot more uh-huh. automated than it was. Um, but so what I had done was I packed what I needed and then I my parents came for the last part of the Camino and then we did a, a family trip in Italy after. And so I had a separate little packing cube for them to bring to me. Bring um, and then I had a third packing cube like set aside in case anything were to happen that my parents could mail to me. Um, and I think if I needed to, like I could go to a hospital or something and get a vial of insulin or, or whatever. Um, and that's the thing. I think that the, like here in Spain, you will have to go to the ER. Like, you know, if you go to a pharmacy or to a normal hospital, like little, you know, village hospital, they will say no. I think if you go to the ER, they will give you right away. But that's kind of like, and also, you know, coming from the States that everything is so company based that, you know, you yeah. have your own company, your own, everything that you've been used, your, your device, everything is really specific. And I don't know how that works in Spain. Maybe we'll have to do one day, you know, we'll have to find someone yeah. here in Spain with a good English and we'll do a, a round table. And, and that, because it's incredible how many, I'm like, I don't know, but I found already five or six people in my Caminos that come. And I think it's super amazing that, you know, you decided to go with like, because at the end, you know, I've been working on a, on a, Ambulance, you know that for you guys, I'm like, it's something, some bad things can happen easier than others. And that's one of the things that I was wondering. How do you manage, you know, during the Camino, during the days, the walking? Do you have any extra, you know, uh, like sugar treats that you carry? How do you manage them? Like, because also going on the Camino for a lot of people is the unknown. I'm like, the first day, you know, going to St. John, yeah. is that going to be super you know, too much for me. And then the weather, because at the end also going to the Meseta, if it's super hot or not, I'm like, you know, the weather, the sugar, how did you manage all of that during your Camino? Yeah. So I had these little, like they're called like glucose SOS, I think. And the best way I can describe, they're like these little packets. Um, and they remind me of like, what were those fun dip things where it's like the powder and the, the like chalk stick that you so like, it's like the running, like the running gels that we runners dip, have yeah, for so races. Like that flavored like powder, I guess. Um, okay. and I just kept those like in every, I had like in my pocket, in my shoe, in my backpack, like anywhere easily where I could just whip one out. And um, I remember the very first day I was walking with two women um, and I had just, I had to eat probably 17 of them because my body was just like, what, what are you doing? Um, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, but they were so like kind and patient and helpful with me. Uh, and I met another girl while I was walking who was also diabetic. She had different like, apparatuses i guess than i did um but it's, it's just cool to see other people doing that and not letting them hold them back but yeah i had all kinds of sugar i had all kinds of extra insulin i had four different methods of administering the insulin i just was i was prepared for every scenario there also were you the one that that have like a tag on your boot mm-hmm. yes yeah i did i had yeah i had a tag on my boot and on my backpack that just in, in case something were to happen and a paramedic or somebody found me, they would see the medical no, alert right away. on my phone and my watch as well. Um, so it was, I was definitely over, over prepared. But, uh, you know, one of the things that a lot of people, when they come to the community, think, oh, this is just an easy PC. You know, this is a walk through the super nice. I'm like, people die in the community de Santiago. People got injured. You know, I seen from uh, German lost and found in two days because he was out on the side of the road. And um, this, this summer, there was two people that died because of a heart attack. So, I you know, uh, I would say that over planning is never a bad thing. And mostly when you have something medical, just to plan for, you know, and because at the end, what happened if you just fall and, you know, nobody knows and they're trying, I'm like, I don't know, something that I... I'm like, you are more a planner. And when you're seeing a couple of things, you're like, better to plan for the worst and, you know, wish for the best than, than the other way around. Yeah, I definitely had more supplies and stuff than I needed. But I just, I know I would have kicked myself if I had, like, done all this stuff and gotten all the way there and prepared and everything and then had to, like, leave early because Fly back. A, a health issue. So I'm very grateful that I, I didn't have any issues that's amazing and you were talking about the first day and how was that first day suddenly you know after so many years of working the hard work suddenly you're here in spain first time in spain was it first time in spain yes i had been abroad and been to spain then you're in spain suddenly you're by yourself and you're in a french little village ready to start the longest journey of your life how did it feel it was it was incredible i had some like hiccups um with flights getting there. And so I got kind of in my head, like, oh my gosh, I hope this isn't like a precursor for how this is going to go, you know, and I had to just let go of all of that and just exist and be. Um, 
And I, I remember going to the the pilgrim's mass the night before I started, I just felt like this overwhelming, like calmness and just like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it was just such a cool, it's, it's really hard to put into words, but I, I think at the whole time, I just felt like I had this almost like bubble of protection around me just at all times, uh, just like calmness. And it was really, it was really great. But I do remember that it was the first day and I, I'm in Texas. Like it's, it's pretty flat here. I'm like, I can go get on the Stairmaster or, or something. Like I flew it, during Christmas time. I flew to Arizona actually with, for one, to see one of my friends. And I was like, I need to go hiking. I need some elevation. Like this is gonna, it's gonna kick my butt. I don't know what to do. Um, I was walking with a, an Irish girl who she's lovely. She like runs marathons and is, is very fit. Um, and she's just like, not even breaking a sweat, not breathing hard, you know? And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep up with her for like as long as I can. And then at some point I was just like, all right, I'm hold. I was like, just go ahead of me, go ahead. And I think it was probably like two, an hour and a half in. So we weren't even in Ron's Vias yet. And I was just in my head. I was like, what have I just signed up for? Like, what am I doing? I'm not going to make it. Like, this was a mistake, like questioning everything. Um, but then I, I remember turning a corner and seeing Ron Cisvias, like, like, or sorry, not Ron's fight, Orison. Sorry, seeing oh, Orison. Oh, that's the best thing in the morning when you just see that bar. Like, on this corner, like I'm going, like I'm done. And and at first I didn't see it, and then but it's because it, it's kind of tucked in there. Um, oh yeah, clear weather. So uh, and um, I sat there and I was like, okay. And I think that was the most difficult part for me because after that, yes, you're still going up, um, but it's okay. not it's different. Really the same, and it's not like this. And also, once you know the first checking, you're like. I made it. Yes. And I knew that was the hardest part. Like I was going into it, you know, like, like I was, I was, yeah, you have your plan, your Excel seat probably with like, you know, this five K's with 5%. Then I go yeah. here pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But so that, I think that I had my, I was just like, Oh my gosh, like I'm not going to be able to do this, but it was like so rewarding once I got there. And I think, you know, one of the things that gives meaning to the whole journey is the first day. I totally invite everyone, you know, even non-Catholics to go to the Mass in St. John because it's so mm-hmm. beautiful. It's such a little small church and also the Mass usually is on the side of the church and invite the priest invites everyone for the blessing. And that's kind of like the beginning of the community. And then you arrive to North Valles and then suddenly you are part of that community because in North Valles there's no, you know, many hotels. It's not a big city. Everyone there's only one place there. for everybody to be there. So... That's again, and by the time you arrive to Pamplona, that's it, you're part of the of the thing. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that, you know, I think a lot of people, they watch, and you know, like you, they go to all these blogs, all these YouTube channels. And what I've seen lately, you know, you listen and you hear about the whole going up to Sunjan. But I think what killed most of the people is the going down to Thubiri. Were you one of those that were you like, Sanja was not that bad when you start going down to Thubiri? Thubiri, yes. And it, it had rained. Um, wow. So it was slippery as well. Um, and what the, the, the other diabetic that I had, she was like, I, I, she was like a goat or something. Like she went down faster than I thought humanly possible. Like was just like so secure in her footing and was just like powering down. And I was like, this is where I'm going to like tear my knee or roll an ankle. And I, so I, I took that part pretty slow. I used my sticks very, very heavily there. Um, so it, yeah, it's, I would almost rather go up than go down just cause it's scary and you can, you know, one wrong step. And it's like, especially when those yeah, it's tricky. That part is like quite, quite tricky. Slower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I got to wear my poncho though was, was going into Zubiri. <laughs> You know, that's the Camino. Probably mm-hmm. now it's been, today has been super warm till today in Pamplona. Today's finally, finally rain, but the weather is changing for sure. So yeah, you never know what to expect. But then one of the things that I love about your trip, you know, and a lot of things, you know, one of the things for me being from Pamplona, the most beautiful city in the whole Camino, the best city in Spain, of course, yeah. it's like that people go by flying by. But when you plan your Camino, you decided to take some days extra. I'm like, was your first big holiday time enough? I'm like, you work your ass off for years and you have the time and the money to spend. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people, sometimes when they do the first Camino, they want to keep with their family. They want to keep with their group. They want to, and I'm like, you, sometimes you don't know the next time you're going to come to Spain. Sometimes you least you know, the next year because you plan another Camino right away. But why did you decide to take your Camino, you know, slow and visiting all these cities along the Camino? Yeah, I, I, I decided it's because, you know, I I left my job. So I was like, now's the time. Like, I'm like, if I, if I'm going to do it, I should fully maximize this. Cause I don't know when I'll have an opportunity again to have mm-hmm. this much, you know, unchartered time where I'm not 
stressed about getting back for work or, or people are, you know, covering what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, things like that. So I felt very, truly free and like very on my own and in like a good way. And I think it was, it was a good opportunity to be just like pretty selfish, to be honest. I was like, I'm going to do this. This is for me. This is for my growth and my healing and my adventure. And like, I'm going to do it exactly the way I want to do it. Um, and, and that took a lot for me because I'm a lot, I'm a people pleaser in a lot of areas in my life. So to be like, no, this is exactly what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. And, and like, I had never been to Spain. I, I'd, I've been to Europe and, and London and, and places like that, but and I just, the Spanish culture, I find it so beautiful. And so I was so fascinated by it and like the Catholicism culture, all of that, that's so deep rooted. Um, so I was like, I'm going to just take full advantage of this. It's not a race. That's not your time. So I was like, I'm going to stop take my time and because it's like you don't want to walk to the point where you're walking so far every day that when you get to where you're going you're just so exhausted you don't even because you're seeing a new town every day which is such a yeah. cool experience more than like, one sometimes yeah yeah i'm like i don't want to roll in at 4 30 p.m and just be exhausted i want to get there you know between one and three depending on how many stops i make along the way and and have time to time and energy honestly to enjoy it and I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, like a lot of people, they rush the Camino. And if, of course, it's a great experience if that's what you have the time. But if you have the time, and like I discovered a while ago, a group on Facebook that's called the Slow Strollers on the Camino. They do I like 12K, 12K a day. I'm like, that's amazing. If I have the time, mm-hmm. I'm like, can you mind just walking 12K, you know, have the time to stay in every little village for two hours, visit the church, to talk with the locals, have a coffee, have a beer, and then walk again. I'm like, you don't care. It's amazing. Yeah, I was in. I was very blessed for the situation that I was in. That I was able to to take the, the time that I wanted. And I'm very grateful for the way I did it. A lot of people will ask you, and like you find all these people that walk with you, and suddenly you stop, and they continue. How was the feeling, or how do you manage all of that? Because probably doing the Camino the way you do, you never have a whole you know pack of mm-hmm. like pilgrims around. You will probably make different packs, around. and I also believe that that's a great way because you meet many more people and that's more you know fulfilling than just a whole one group for the whole camino yeah exactly i i think that the transient nature of it is like one of the beautiful one of the many beautiful parts about it but i think i had talked to you about it when i when i saw you because i had i had formed this group of you know there was a couple of girls from oregon there was a girl from london the girl from ireland a girl from atlanta like we had this whole little like girl squad that we had like it was just <laughs> fun and none of them took a rest day in pamplona i almost convinced my friend beth to stay but then she i like, remember that i was like i was like we gotta get her to stay um but and so i was like oh i like lost my whole group of friends you know because you, you build these people and you're you build these mm-hmm. connections and you're all going whatever your reason you're there you're all trying to work towards the same goal and so it's just very bonding a very quick bonding that you don't really get in any other also the first day is like the the first yes, day like when you go to school to college yeah. the first day like we are all like oh all these weird people are like me exactly yeah so it's just like finding people that you're drawn to and and that kind of stuff um so it was sad to like lose people but it also it's a good thing because it challenges you to meet more people because if you if you for me personally like i went by myself which is what i wanted because i feel like and there's again, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but I, mm-hmm. if you go with yeah. a group, you're not as yeah open to others and yeah. To, to and also, groups are you know sometimes are scary for people that are by themselves. If you see a group, they're like, Ooh, do I belong there or do I do they want me to be part of that group? It's just yeah. Yeah. So when I think about like my goals for for my specific Camino, like going in it alone was was the way to do it for me, and I'm grateful mm-hmm. I did. I, I met hundreds of people that that have impacted my life and in my life in so many different ways it's just really cool so the transient come and go kind of thing is just it's just part of part of the deal and that's one thing you know that all people are like if you have to choose right now the way to do it will you continue and do it just you know the way you did it or will you do it all together with a group of friends that you find on the first days i liked the way i did it and do you have any day that you were like, you know, like any more days like Pamplona, like Sul, maybe I would love to go with these people or, or trying to convince them to stay. Or once you pass that kind of like the beginning point, it was like, no, I'm going to meet more people. Or was it still a struggle every time? No, it was. I, I, I was so excited to meet more people. And like every day you wake up and you're like, who am I going to meet today? And like, what am I going to learn about them? And how are they going to impact my life? You know, one other circumstance I had that was like so, not similar, but similar. So there was, um, there was a man 
named Kevin who's doing the whole thing. And he has two kids. He has a son and a daughter and his son came and did the first week. I didn't meet him, Connor. And then his daughter came and did the second week named Molly. And her and I were just like fast friends. Like very, like, I don't know how it happened overnight. Like we're, we're still like trying to figure out when we're going to do the Portuguese one together. Um, but she was only there for a week. And I was like, I was like, you know what? You should just quit your job and just not go back. Just stay, just finish the whole thing. You know, whatever. people to quit their jobs in the Camino. I'm trying. That I'm what trying. God put you here dad, for? Please. Her dad like, can you stop? <laughs> and I <was> like, <laughs> I'm like, it would be so fun. We can finish together. Like all this stuff. So that was, it was sad when she left because she was, yeah, we were, we, we got close quickly, but obviously she had, she had to go back to her job. So, um, That was funny, though. That's amazing. And how was the whole thing, you know, the Camino, knowing I'm like, you staying in little places, also you take your time. One of the things also that I, I'm glad, you know, we have you here, because also sometimes you take a good day to sleep in a good hotel. And I think that's, you know, also when you travel to a place like Spain, that is your first time, that is the thing. And like sometimes it's, you know, if you go to a big town, I tell to people, albergues are great and that's a great experience, but every once in a while going to one of those amazing, you know, I know the brand hotels, but go to this little local, mm -hmm. you know, or hostels that they have these little houses and villages that they are just his history in the pure concept. I'm like, it's amazing. So what can you tell us for that experience, you know, and going and sleeping in a great bed? Some. Yeah, it was, it was good. I, I, we kind of talked about this before how people say there's like a right and a wrong way to do it. And I just don't, I don't believe that. I, I believe, however, it benefits you and in, in your goal mm -hmm. being there. I don't think there's a wrong way at all. Um, so I didn't stay in many albergues, um, but I, <laughs> I was like, I want, I want to have a good night's sleep, you know, and again, with the diabetes stuff, like my stuff beeps or like it, it keeps me up. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just wanted to be getting quality sleep for, to be prepared for the walking. Um, but there were some little villages that I stayed in. The population's like 12 people. And those 12 people live and breathe to house and feed pilgrims, which is just so cool. Um, and I remember one specifically, it was in this like tiny little town during the Meseta and the, the owner of it was just this over the top full of life guy. And we, you know, everyone sits down in the dining room and eats at the same time. because it's like his, his wife's cooking dinner for everybody. And it's so cool. Uh, and it was a Sunday too. So most everything was closed anyways. Um, and he like comes over to my table. I'm, I'm sitting with like four or five people that are like all much older than I am. And he just like picks me up out of my chair and starts like dancing with me, like through the live like through the dining room and like he's just like spinning me around and like he just was so full of life and it was just it was such a breath of fresh air that these people are so happy with what they do and that's what i always say to you know when I'm, when people ask me to help them and, and design their camino i'm like you know it's great every once in a while i'm like here in pamplona you know we have hemingway's hotel la perla mm -hmm. if you have the money and you're a hemingway follower i'm like sleeping in hemingway's bedroom that's a once in a lifetime that's yeah. like the camino for some people and sometimes you know there's this little hotels that they're boutique that they're run by locals that they put their heart i'm like and that's amazing and sometimes you have Family. those local albergues that they have you know the private room for people like you that they need you know more privacy or you don't want you don't want to bother any others and you had a good night relax so there's that mix that you can make that you know sleeping in the floor is great also but if you have the chance and some people they don't they can i'm like so you know if you're older and like sleeping on the floor can kill you i'm like i'm not kidding even for me right now you know just waking up from the floor is it's getting harder and harder but yeah there were times where i kind of regretted not staying in the albergues like especially making friends with some of the like people that were more my age. because there's kind of two groups. Mm -hmm. There's like people my age and then there's people that are retired. You know, there's kind of like, no, there's more groups in midwin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like I would hang out with all these people, you know, that were my age and then they would all go to the albergue and I'd be like, Oh, and then I would like go hang out with like my retired friends who are equally as great. But, um, and I learned different things and valued different things in, in both age groups um but there were times also, i wish i was another like, great thing that they like people like you you know that once you have walked your camino you seem like maybe next time i will do try to find more little albergues to work with the people and that's what i tell to all these you know sometimes we have all these haters in the oh no people that go to hotels i'm like no maybe sometimes they're looking and they will be back and that's yeah. what i like about the camino that you know and you realize you said right now like It is great to have the people in the albergue, but one of the things also that you can do if you go to a hotel, there's nothing wrong. You can go and hang out with your albergue friends at the albergue or at the bar close to the albergue. Yep. Just ask them where they are. But 
it is your Camino and yours only. And that's what I think, you know, is what we keep saying all the time. Exactly. So it's like, well, I wouldn't go back and change anything I did because I think everything happened the way yeah. it did for a reason. Like, it's just things to pull from going forward, especially and now to like being because you read about it and you, you do all these things, but you don't you're not actually prepared until you're there. And so now realizing like, you know, how easy it is to communicate with people and how willing people are to help and all these kinds of things, I feel a lot more confident in not being so planned out. Nothing bad in planning things, but sometimes give it a try. I will always say, you know, if you're a planner, just maybe a couple of the days, don't go, you know, during the big summer and the last hundred days, but maybe left a couple of days in the Mesetan plan. To see what happened. You're gonna, you always have booking.com. So, you know, exactly. that's how you're always going to find a bed to sleep. And then you start walking, you start finding all these people, but you know that your family were waiting to walk with you. How mm -hmm. was that feeling of suddenly all these clean people, you know, they haven't walked the Camino, they're not pilgrims and they're joining you. Were you excited? Were you like... I want to finish this by myself. Was that one of the things that you wonder, like, should I maybe did this differently? Yeah, I was really excited. Um, so they met me in Saria. Um, mm -hmm. And the night before I was in, what was it? Tria Castella, which was so Castella. fun. Yeah. And there was a big, and it was, it was a big soccer game. I think it was like, Real Madrid versus Liverpool or something, which I'm told is like y'all Super Bowl. And I'm like, okay, everyone's getting really into this. I don't know. I was just like, sure, whatever. I don't know about soccer. I have probably the same knowledge of, you know, American football than European football. So, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I was like, okay, but everyone, and there's, Tria Castell is pretty small and there's only a handful of restaurants, yeah. in two or two or three. So everyone's like at the same restaurant, just like living it up, having the life of the party. And while you hang out and you do things, you don't really stay up that late. Like, or I hadn't been. Yeah. But we were out late watching that game, um, and I was not feeling my best self on the the walk to Saria. There was there was a lot of free wine that was being passed our way, and not a lot of sleep. And you know, so I was like, Ooh. I was like, I got to shake this off before my parents get here. Um, so I like tried to go as fast as I could to get there before them to like get in a better headspace for them to get there. And um, I'm really glad that they came and that I got to share that with them. It was it was definitely an interesting twist or not twist, but it was just a different set of circumstances. Like I think it's an adjustment on its own getting to Saria and that last part mm -hmm. just has a very different feel and it, it just has a different vibe. So I was kind of trying to cope with that as well as like, not only thinking about myself and what I was going to be doing, but also mm -hmm. thinking about my parents and, and all of that. Um, so definitely it changed the, the tone and in, in the vibe and, and, and that kind of stuff, but it, I was still very grateful for it. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad change. It was just, mm -hmm. I had to like adjust a little bit to be like, Oh, I, I need to consider like, you know, when they have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, like stuff like, it's just like, I, I wasn't just my Camino. I walked. Yeah. I was on such a one track to. mind. And I'm the one in charts. No, because probably, probably you were the one guiding them and doing everything. Yeah. yeah and I, you know, and I had been doing it for, over a month at that point so it's like I had gone through the blisters and I had gone through the aches and pains but that was all all new all new to them and so I had to be like oh I you know I had to just be considerate of, of all of that um versus I was like in my stride like let's go let's go let's go and they're like whoa like we just got hey, here hey. Oh, no, we just arrived we are we are yeah but it's it was a really cool experience to get to share with your parents um and I don't think many people have have that opportunity and, and i felt so supported by them for them not only because when i started telling people I, I got some mixed reviews like some people were like are you okay oh. like do you need, like, need to do you need to talk like and some people were like so excited for me and so just having them be like we support you we want you to do this we think this is going to be life-changing for you is just really cool and I'm, I'm really thankful for that and it's experience we'll, we'll always share and that's something that you will always have, you know, that that memory will always stay there forever. And that's probably amazing. Yeah. And how was the, the arrival? I'm like, the arrival by itself in Santiago is amazing. But how was arriving in Santiago after all your crazy journey, finally getting there with your parents? It was great. We, um, we ended up finishing a day early because we were, I can't remember the town we were in. Um, but it was only like, I think it was like 6K outside of, mm -hmm. of Santiago. So I'm like, okay, that's like an hour of walking, maybe, probably less. I don't even yeah, know. A little, a little more, a little more. Usually, we're, so, we're walking, usually walking. Um, as walkers do, do like 5K an hour. That's mostly. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think that's what I was doing. Yeah, I was like three miles an hour. Yeah, okay. But um, it, we we were sitting there, and it, well, there was kind of nothing to do. And 
we were kind of just like ready to be there a little bit. So we were like, should we just, should we just do it? Like, let's just, let's just finish. Um, so we ended up finishing like that evening and we finished like on June 3rd, which is the day my parents met and my wow. sister's birthday. And it was just like, it, it was just like felt like a cool day to finish. And there were several people that I had, you know, lost and found along the way that were there that I ran into as we were walking into the square and, you know, that were like sit like waiting, you know, to like mm-hmm. usher you in. Like I think that kind of stuff is just, it's just so cool. I remember I didn't, I was like, I don't want to see it at all until I'm standing in that. Are you were one of those that walked like, I walked, I walked all the way around and I walked like literally like <laughs> this. Like, my dad was making sure I didn't like run into things or people or trip. And like, cause you know, there's that shell that's like engraved in the middle yes. of the square. I was like, I'm going to mm-hmm. put my feet inside of that and I'm going to take and a then- deep breath. And like a moment of gratitude. And then I'm going to look up and like, I have goosebumps right now, even just talking about it. Um, it was just such a cool, it's the biggest thing I've accomplished in my life. And I was like, I did this. I, you know, you can do hard things. You can do challenging things. You, you know, mm-hmm. the brightest spots come out of darkest times. And yeah. it just really changed a lot of my outlooks on, on life and on a lot of different things. That's amazing because that was one of my questions. You know, I usually said, how the candle that started the Camino changed into the candle that finished the Camino? Yeah, I think like physically I'm, I'm the same, but I feel like, it, like my soul and my spirit and my heart are just like completely changed. I think my priorities in life are a lot different um, and, and just how I choose to spend my time and my energy and, and just realize it's humbling it's gratifying, but it's also humbling. because you're like, I just did this really cool thing. And I'm like, but I'm also like millions of other people who have, have their own incredible life stories have also done this. So it's like, you're like yeah. a small piece in such a huge, beautiful puzzle of history. And while it's like, it's so cool that like, I'm that piece. It's like, you also take a step back and realize I'm this piece of, of this. Um, so that it, it's just, it's humbling and gratifying, I think is a, is a good way to put it. I think, you know, the best way I love the, the thing that you say, you know, the same, like, I love the piece because at the end you get all these little pieces for all the people that you met and you were so lucky because the way that you walk allowed you to meet much more people, much more many people. And also, you know, you give a little bit of yourself to everyone that you met along the way. And that's what I think, you know, is I'm like, but, you know, that's how we are coming to people. I'm like, because the whole thing of the, you know, the way is about the people and what you take and what you give and, it is incredible how, you know, I'm like, like you and I, I'm like, suddenly we met in Pamplona, we have a couple of beers, suddenly, hey, you're friends. Uh-huh. Amazing. There's yeah. Any, there's nowhere else in the world that this happens. Yeah. That culture is just unparalleled. And I think the whole, the, one of the main words I have for it is it's very like equalizing, like, cause everyone you mm-hmm. meet yes. has, you know, it's like, regardless of age, you know, background, where you're from, what you do, who you love, whatever, like everyone just working towards that same goal. And it just, it's very equalizing. And it's just like, the only thing that matters is how can I help someone else achieve that goal? And and they feel the same towards me. It's like, oh, do you have band-aids? I don't have band-aids. Like, oh, do you have a snack? Oh, I don't, you know, it's like everyone, like they say the Camino provides and it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's so true. Um, and everyone's, I feel like at their like truest, simplest form, and in the best way possible. Yes, I agree. Brings the best. And also, but one of the things, you know, we talk sometimes about the Camino blues. I'm like, for yeah. you in your case, you know, you finished the Camino, but then you went to your family to Italy, and then you won on a volunteer trip uh, to South, Af- South America, and then you were back. When did, you know, the Camino blues hit you or maybe never hit you? Oh, I think they hit me like daily. Like I, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I'm so grateful for all of it. And I'm like, I just... I felt like I was such a good version of myself and it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, the hustle and bustle and like lose that. So I, I try and like, you know, bring myself back down and just think about like how I felt in certain moments of, of achievement while I was there and mm-hmm. just really channel that. Um, I think having my family there was really great. And then our trip to Italy where my sister and brother-in-law met us um, was really fun just to, to make a whole whole thing out of it. And I feel like I did a lot of internal like healing and stuff like that and just like growth throughout the Camino. And then I had the volunteer trip to Honduras um, where I got to work with with some kids, which was a little bit um, 
it wasn't like, so I had the Camino that was the healing aspect. And then I had the Honduras part that was like, just very eye opening and like, you can make an impact on this world and you can mm. help people for the better. So I think those two coupled together was the best I could have asked for. Can you Kendall right now? Mm -hmm. That's the goal. And I agree. I, I love the way you, you know, like, you know, the Camino family and then some, you know, a time to give time mm -hmm. for people working for others and you know that's one of the things that talking today there was a a mom that came from australia they live in holland and she was doing the camino and we started talking and her oldest is going to come and probably you know take a gap year and i was like that should be mandatory you know you go to the camino one month for yourself and then you go and put a couple of months for others yeah and then you decide whatever i'm like it just teaches you so many things about yourself and about how you view the world and how you handle situations that you can't, you can't simulate that any other way. Um, so I, I, I'm like, God willing, I, I get to have kids and in between high school or college, I'm going to be like, see you. Yep. Maybe I'll come meet you for a beer or something. I don't know, but, uh, no, no, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Half since you came from the, you know, back, What are your friends telling you when you know when you share this experience? Because that's one of the things that a lot of you know we Camino freaks we go through. Then you start chatting Camino, Camino. Your friends like, I'm done, dude. Shut up. Yeah, I've, I'm definitely a Camino evangelist. Um, but no, my friends have. I'm so grateful for for all of them. They, my friends and family, they've been so supportive and just so like loving and, and kind about all of it. And you know, they'll when I got back, I had like so many, I'm still having them. I, st I just had one the other day. because I had, there was a girl I hadn't seen since I got, she's like, Oh, tell me about Spain. And I'm like, I feel like people are probably like tired of me talking about yeah. it. Like, I'm, I'll never get tired of talking about no. it. Um, but no, they're no, all like, happen. exactly. They're all like, we're so proud of you. Like we, cause I had like a, I made like a separate Instagram for like a, a scrapbook for myself, honestly, just so mm -hmm. like I could look back on it. Um, and they, you know, they all followed along and like my mom's friends followed along and like my dad's, Co you know, coworkers or what? So it was just, it was cool. And like all these random people would reach out and be like, "Oh, this is so inspiring." And it's like, if I get to be that for somebody else, that that's mm -hmm. that's so cool. And even while I was yeah. there, there was a girl who was several years older than me in my, or two or three, not several, two or three years older than me in my sorority. And she reached out. She was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like my family and I are going to do this, like because you did it. And so they went. They just did it back in uh, September. They did the Saria de Santiago Amazing. part. And so just being able to spread that, spread the word and, and to have and people like, Oh, I lived through you. And like, it was so cool. Like that, that was just like an added bonus to the whole, the whole thing. And that's when a lot, when a lot of people, they ask about the whole Instagram and the Camino and like, you know, it's not about sewing me and the Camino or being, you know, one of those, like it's just because you know, that a lot of people, they live and a lot of people, they ask me, like, I have a couple of people like, Oh, you're doing your Camino. Why you stop taking pictures? Like mostly all the time. I don't even post when I walk, I post, you know, after. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing, you know, a lot of people, they really feel glad for you, you know, your family, your friends, and also you can inspire so many people. So why not? Exactly. Yeah. We still have, I have several like, you know, WhatsApp groups and stuff. And someone not too long ago was like, oh, I'm just like going through all my photos, like trying to relive it. Like I miss it and, and all that kind of stuff. And just, it's nice if I, I don't feel that way, but if I were to ever feel like my friends are like, stop talking about this. Um, I, I have What's your WhatsApp friends group. Yeah, like, I mean, they'll no. probably, like, have a group text on the side, like, oh, my God, are we talking about this? No, I'm just kidding. Um, they're, they're wonderful. <laughs> they've been so, they're so happy for me, and they're so supportive. And, and like, I'm even trying to convince one of my, my good friends to, to do one with me. Like, I'm like, you don't have to quit your job. We'll do a shorter one. Like, you know, whatever. But I also have that support system of people that have done it and lived it. And I can talk to them about it because I know they'll never get tired about it either, which is so cool to have that community after the fact. Also, then that community that helps you to grow your Camino list because one of the things you know that I realized, and now you're part of that, is like you talk with someone, it's like, oh, I walked this Camino, or I just discovered this Camino, and I'm going to do this Camino. So, my question is always, what is your next Camino? I want to do the Portuguese one. Portuguese uh, inland, coastal? I don't know. Haven't I decided yet? Haven't decided. My friend sent me the guide, my friend Molly sent me the guidebook um, as my birthday present. She was like, Here you go. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I had several friends that traveled to like Lisbon and Porto after like mm -hmm. just for fun. And it just looked yeah. so beautiful. And I, I've never been yeah, to beautiful. Um, Amazing both. I feel like the coastal would be really cool and just different. Um, but I don't know. I'm biased. I love the coastal. I'm like, and I yeah. love Porto. For me, it's such a beautiful European city, you know, kind of like all kind of like still, yeah, I don't know. It has a different vibe. 
different. Stay a couple of days. Lisbon is beautiful, but I don't, I don't know. I feel different in Lisbon. Yeah, and it's 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 a double edged sword a little bit because as like excited, I almost I while I was there, I was like, I'm just gonna like book another. I was like, I'm gonna go to Honduras. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna book another one. And you know, I was like, keep on going. Trouble. It's, it's an addiction a little bit. So I'm like, if totally. I start researching now, like that itch is gonna get so strong that I'm not gonna be able to. Because ideally, I would like to do it a, a September of next year. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, if I start that rabbit now That's or like that now, yeah. like it's. I'm going to drive myself crazy. Yeah, the ball is going to be huge by September. Yeah. So I'm like, I need to, I need to chill. I need to not think about it as much. Cause I'll get ahead of myself and be like, I have to go tomorrow. Anyway, for closing, if you have to tell, you know, to someone that is listening to you that with the same situation, you know, maybe someone with diabetes, maybe something, one that is just fed up with the world, maybe someone that is, you know, that's just need that call. Why would you tell them? Oh gosh. Um, I think if anyone has like any inkling at all to do it, like just do it. Like there's, there will always be reasons not to, um, but the reasons to do it and the reward from it are, are so much, so much greater. And one of the, this isn't necessarily like why you should do it, but I think something that like sums it up pretty well that a woman had said to me while we were walking, she said like the first two weeks challenge you physically the second two weeks challenge you mentally and the last two weeks challenge your soul. And like, I just think that's like such like everyone should, I think everyone in their lives should do some kind of Camino and whether it's two days or it's six months or whatever you can set the time aside for. I think it it challenges every aspect of your life in a way that you can't predict or you can't prepare for. And it's the most beautiful thing. Totally. You know, give your time to yourself now that we go into this big ball that suddenly, you know, we have this thing coming in into us, you know, the whole COVID and everything. And suddenly you realize, like, you know, maybe it's good to slow down. It's good to think and where I'm going, as you were saying at the beginning, you know, what, how I want to be remembered, what I want to live in this, you know, this planet Earth that we call and how I want to be, what I want to be spending my time. Because sometimes you go in that ball that you don't have time to think it as well. You keep going, keep going. And suddenly you're just like, what the hell happened? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. So I think I, you know, graduating college, going to grad school, starting work and just, you just get on that, mm-hmm. you know, that lifestyle. And I was like, no, yeah. I need to take a minute and realize like, what's important to me. What do I value? What are the relationships I value? What is the, the way I want to spend my time? What are the organizations I value? And just take a second and just really, you know, it's like, take, take a breath and let all of that consume you. And just like the beauty of, of the walk, the beauty of the people, the beauty of the food, all it's truly something you can't emulate totally agree anyway kendall thank you so much you know for putting into words what we all this pilgrims think i hope that everybody you know gets you know ignited by your thoughts and by your words and you know to anyone that is there they can go and check your camino kendall on the camino you know you can see it right there kendall's name and you know you will see all this amazing experience that we love the camino santiago and that we are great to serve and if you have any questions you know whatever you have kendall on instagram you have me on instagram and facebook and you know, as we always say, buen camino, ultra ya. Bye. <laughs>